Buenos días, bienvenidos a todos a la Iglesia Comunidad Amanecer. Good morning, welcome to Sunrise. Uh, it's great to see you. My name is Russ Siders and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Uh, mi nombre es Russ Siders, soy uno de los pastores aquí. And I am grateful for this time of year. This is a beautiful time of year. It's starting to get fresh and cool. And uh, we are moving forward in so many things. Wednesday nights, los miércoles en la tarde, ya tenemos clases a las seis. We got off to a great start this week. Our children now have two touch points during the week to grow in God's word. And uh, one of them is right now. And that's our children in worship time. I want to send out our boys and girls to children in worship. It's for children ages three to fifth grade. Los niños de tres años hasta quinto grado pueden ir al tiempo de niños en adoración. I also want to make you aware of our infant and toddler nursery in the back. Tenemos la guardería infantil también para los menores de dos años. And if you got a little one, and we got little ones in here, and you just need a quiet place to calm them down, we also have a thing called our mom and me room. You go out, you take a hard left, and there's a great spot where you can nurse, where you can calm your child and just uh, help them along the way. También tenemos un cuarto para los, las mamás que quieren dar de comer a sus hijos, a sus bebés, y calmarlos también. We are beginning today a series on the book of Ecclesiastes, as Martin said, and I want to give you an opportunity to get your Bibles ready to find that. We have Bibles in the back, tenemos Biblias atrás, we got page numbers that will show you where we're going today, but I want to call your attention to something that we have for you today to take home during this series. Each week we're going to be encouraging you to read, to read ahead just a little bit. Cada semana les vamos a animar a leer un poquito. And so we have a little bookmark with weekly readings on them. Today you may have read, some of you, chapters 1 and 2. We announced that last week. But take this home, stick this in your Bible, and hopefully use it. Read through the book of Ecclesiastes. And then you'll come to Sunday morning with, with just a different mindset, a different set of ears to hear what the message is going to be about. Les animamos a que lean cada semana las lecturas en el marcador que hay detrás, que está ahí detrás, y pueden así estar listos para el mensaje. So, as I just said, today our focus is going to be on Ecclesiastes chapters 1 and 2. As we begin this book, estamos enfocándonos en capítulos 1 y 2, and we're going to start off with two readings from chapter 1. Vamos a leer dos partes del capítulo 1. The first reading will be from chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and then we'll skip down and read verses 12 through 17. Versículos 1 al 3, y después del 12 al 17 del capítulo 1. I want to give you a chance to get there. Like I said, the page numbers there may help you. And I'm going to read first in English, then in Spanish. Voy a comenzar leyendo en inglés. Let's remind ourselves what we have here. This is God's holy word, inspired and completely true for us today, la palabra de Dios. So let's listen to what it says. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Estas son las palabras del maestro, hijo de David, rey en Jerusalén. Lo más absurdo de lo absurdo, dice el maestro, lo más absurdo de lo absurdo, todo es un absurdo. ¿Qué provecho saca el hombre de tanta afanarse en esta vida? Let me go down to verse 12. I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I plied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. 
I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly, but I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. Yo el maestro rené en Jerusalén sobre Israel y me dediqué de lleno a explorar e investigar con sabiduría todo cuanto se hace bajo el cielo. Penosa tarea ha impuesto Dios al género humano para abrumarlo con ella. Y observado todo cuanto se hace en esta vida y todo ello es absurdo, es correr tras el viento. Ni se puede enderezar lo torcido, ni se puede contar lo que falta. Me puse a reflexionar. Aquí me tienen, engrandecido y con más sabiduría que todos mis antecesores en Jerusalén. Y habiendo experimentado abundante sabiduría y conocimiento. Me he dedicado de lleno a la comprensión de la sabiduría y hasta conozco la necedad y la insensatez. Pero aún esto es querer alcanzar el day. Ocurre todos los días. Every day this happens on average 20,000 times. Ocurre 20,000 veces un promedio cada día. 20,000 times. In a year this happens an estimated 7.3 million times. Ocurre más de 7 millones de veces en un año. And in 80 years this is going to happen on average around 584 million times. En 80 años ocurre 584 millones de veces. In fact, it, it's going on all the time and it happens so frequently, it happens so constantly that we are hardly aware of it. In fact, we often take it for granted. Ocurre tan frecuentemente, lo damos por sentado. And yet, if this stops, we stop. Literally, we die. Si esto para, nosotros paramos, morimos. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the act of breathing. La respiración. Oxygen comes into our lungs. You know the drill. You do this all the time. Carbon dioxide goes out, right? Oxígeno entra en los pulmones. Sale el dióxido de carbono. And it's always going on. In fact, we do it without thinking. Our brains are designed to help us do this without thinking. Lo hacemos sin pensar. And this is really ground zero of our existence. It's the baseline for living. We need this. Esa es la zona cero de la existencia. This is life. Esa es la vida. Or is it? ¿De verdad es así? I mean, breathing is how we sustain life. It's how we live. Respiración es como vivimos. But, but the bigger question is this. Why? Pero por qué? Why are we breathing? Why are we here on this earth? Por qué estamos respirando en esta tierra? And the bigger question is what? What are we supposed to do while we're breathing? ¿Para qué vivimos y respiramos? What are we supposed to be seeking? And what are we supposed to be achieving? And what are we supposed to become? While we convert oxygen into carbon dioxide 20,000 times a day for 
80 years or so on average que debemos lograr y buscar y, y que debemos hacer mientras convertimos el óxido al dióxido de carbono 80 años that's the universal question isn't it it's the question of meaning es la cuestión universal del sentido de la vida And I can wager that that is the question that is really on every single person's mind and heart. Every single day we're saying, why? What am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? Es la cuestión universal. And that is the question that is the focus of this book that we're going to be looking at today, the book of Ecclesiastes. Es el enfoque de Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes is all about the search, the The quest for meaning. Se trata de la búsqueda del sentido en la vida. And today I want to invite you to join me on that quest. We're going to go together over the next few weeks as we're, as we're on this quest to understand meaning according to what Ecclesiastes can show us. This is an amazing portion of God's word. Vamos a estar buscando la sabiduría en este libro de la palabra de Dios. And over the next few weeks, my hope is, is that as we dive into this book and as we join this quest for meaning, we can experience some sort of a shift in our lives. Espero que podamos experimentar un cambio. It's a shift from meaningless to meaningful that's the shift we need hay que cambiar de una vida sin sentido a una vida con sentido now even as I say that that shift going from meaningless to meaningful is a very hard shift to make eso es un cambio muy difícil para nosotros It's hard, I think, for a couple reasons. There's two reasons. Hay dos razones. First of all, uh, we're living in a time where many people around us are convinced that this isn't possible. Many people are convinced that their lives have no meaning. I heard someone yesterday, a philosopher, say that we're in a meaning crisis in our day and age. Hay muchos que están convencidos que no hay sentido a la vida. Uh, hopelessness abounds in our world la desesperanza hay mucha de ella depression it's rampant hay mucha depresión there is after the pandemic there's been an epidemic of loneliness and isolation you hear all about it. después de la pandemia una epidemia de, de depresión de aislamiento de soledad And so with so many people around us actually abandoning the, the search for any sort of significance to their lives, the question is this, how can we find meaning? ¿Cómo encontrar el sentido de la vida? So that's the first reason this is a tough shift to make. But the second reason this is a tough shift to make is that Actually, the book of Ecclesiastes doesn't seem to give us much hope, at least not at first. Ecclesiastes no nos da mucha esperanza al principio. I mean, look at verse 2 and look at this cheerful, sunny greeting that opens up the book of Ecclesiastes. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Lo más absurdo de lo absurdo, dice el maestro. Lo más absurdo de lo absurdo. Todo es un absurdo. Talk about positive thoughts, right? I mean, the word here for meaningless In the original Hebrew language of the Bible here is a word 
called Hevel. Hevel. That's the word for meaningless. Hevel es la palabra hebrea para absurdo. And it means a vapor. It means a breath. Un vapor. Es una respiración. Everything is utterly meaningless. In other words, everything is just a vapor of a breath. Todo es un vapor de aliento. It's like breathing. It comes, everything comes, and everything goes, and it never comes back. Todo viene, se va, y ya. There's nothing permanent here in this life. There's nothing lasting. No hay nada que perdure. Verse 3 puts it this way. It asks the question, what do people gain? From all their labors at which they toil under the sun, que provecho saca el hombre de tanto afanarse en esta vida o bajo el sol. In other words, the question is, what can you get out of your efforts in this life that will last beyond this life? That will keep you going beyond this life. Que puede sacar de sus esfuerzos en esta vida que perdura más allá de esta vida. That's a scary question what's gonna last it's the question of meaning tiene que ver con el sentido I mean what good does it do in our lives to breathe for 584 million times and then bam it's done que hay en respirar 584 millones de veces ya se acabó la cosa verse 4 puts it this way, generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. Generación va y generación viene, mas la tierra siempre es la misma. Your life is like a breath. It comes and it goes, but not only your life, the whole generation. People from uh, in 100 years, 200 years, 300 years won't know that we've been here, and there are people 300 years back. We don't know that they've been here. It's like the air we breathe. What's going on? ¿Qué pasa? Well, we need to understand as we start off here, first of all, that in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes is taking a very intentional stance and looking at the world from a particular angle. Ecclesiastes está mirando el mundo de una perspectiva única. The book of Ecclesiastes is giving us a view of life literally on the horizontal. It's saying this is life under the sun. We're going to hear that phrase over and over again. Está mirando la vida en lo horizontal, bajo el sol, under the sun. In other words, it's, it's kind of a secular viewpoint. If you look at this life strictly on what you can see here and now in this life under the sun, what can you find? ¿Qué puedes descubrir si solo miras la vida bajo el sol? What are you going to see? Well, for one thing you're going to see is that life is just a bunch of endless cycles. La vida es un ciclo vicioso y continuo. Look at verses 5 through 7. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. Sale el sol, se pone el sol y afanoso vuelve a su punto de origen. Verse 6, the wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course, uh, dirigiéndose al mar uh, o girando hacia el norte, al sur o al norte, sin cesar va girando el viento. Verse 7, all streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. 
to the place the streams come from, there they return again. Todos los ríos van a dar al mar, pero el mar jamás se sacia a su punto de origen. Vuelven los ríos para de allí volver a fluir. If you're looking at life under the sun, what you just see is things just are in a continual cycle, round and round, as it says. It, it goes in, it comes out. And verse 8 says this is wearisome. It's boring. It's hard. Esto es algo, estas cosas hastian, dice el versículo 9, uh, 8. And then in verse 9, it says this. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Lo que va aconteciendo volverá a, a, a acontecer. Lo que ya se ha hecho volverá a ser. Y no hay nada nuevo bajo el sol. Look, is there anything of which someone can say, hey, this is something new. Hay quien llega a decir, mira que esto es sí una novedad. Is there anything new under the sun? Yeah, there's technology. We got new technology. Tecnología. No, we've been dealing with technology ever since the wheel. It's always been there. Hemos tenido tecnología desde la rueda. How about philosophies? Oh, yeah, here's a new, cool philosophy. Are you kidding me? Our philosophies today are just recycled philosophies from centuries ago. We just think they're new because we never heard of them before. Las filosofías son recicladas de hace siglos. How about crime? Oh, yeah, crime's worse than ever. Yeah, it's been around forever. El crimen. No. Sexual promiscuity, la promiscuidad sexual, are you kidding? It's called what? The world's oldest profession. Right? It's been around. Es la profesión más antigua de todas. How about wars? How about political strife and division? Nope. That's been around forever too. It's just one big cycle. Todo es un, un ciclo. Things come, things go. It's like the air we breathe. Vienen y se van estas cosas como el aire que respiramos. So with that in mind, we come to verses 12 through 17, and, and here we're kind of introduced to our host in Ecclesiastes. Se nos presenta a nuestro anfitrión en Ecclesiastes. He's called the teacher... Or in Hebrew, the name is Koaleth. Es el maestro Koalet en hebreo. And that name, Koaleth, as you can see on the screen, means the leader of the assembly. Es el leader de la asamblea. That's Koaleth. Now, if you look at the first two chapters, uh, you'll see there's some markers here. This Koaleth is identified as a king. He's identified as a son of David, king in Jerusalem over Israel. Se identifica como rey, hijo de David en Jerusalén. And especially in the first two chapters, it is hard to miss the association. It is hard to miss the connection, or hard not to miss it, the connection between this son of David and king and the great Wise King, King Solomon of Israel. Una conexión aquí con el gran rey Salomón de Israel. Now traditionally, and even to this day, many would say that Solomon is the author of the book of Ecclesiastes and that what he's done is he's written this book under a pen name, under a pseudonym. Muchos dicen que Salomón ha escrito este libro de Ecclesiastes bajo un pseudónimo. 
un nombre de pluma, a pen name. But this is Solomon, and it's hard to argue with that logic based on some of the details that we see here, though it is interesting, and I think it's important to note that there are some uh, faithful Christian scholars who would say, no, this is actually maybe an anonymous author who is uh, using the voice and the figure of this teacher to bring us this truth. Again, that's not a debate I'm getting into. I just want to make sure you understand that. Uh, hay otros que dicen, no es la voz y la figura de un maestro, no es Salomón, dicen algunos, but... The important thing for us is not as much on the human side who's written this. In chapter 12, it says that there are many words and they come from one shepherd, and that's from God. It is God who's inspired this book, and that's the most important thing. Es Dios que ha inspirado este libro, eso es lo más importante. But if we go on in chapter 1, in verse 13 and verse 14, we have something interesting here. We have in verse 13 uh, where uh, the teacher lays out his agenda and his goal. El maestro pone su agenda. He says, I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. Me dediqué de lleno a explorar e investigar con sabiduría todo cuanto se hace bajo el cielo. That's my goal. And then in verse 14, right away, he gives us the end of the book, so to speak. He gives us his conclusion. Nos da su conclusión. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun, all of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Observado todo cuanto se hace en esta vida y todo ello es absurdo, es correr tras el viento. To me, uh, if you've ever been in academics, this reminds me of what is called an abstract. An abstract is a summary that's at the beginning of a doctoral uh, thesis or dissertation, and, and basically it's a paragraph that says, here's what I set out to do and here's what I found out. You don't have to read the rest of the thesis. Here it is, okay? Es como una abstracta de una tesis de doctorado que dice, eso es lo que propuse hacer, eso es lo que descubrí. So this is, in a sense, verses 13, 14, this is the summary of the book in some ways. But then we go into chapter 2. And what we have here in chapter 2 is Koalath, the teacher, proposes an experiment. This is like beginning the dissertation. Okay, here we go. Here's my first experiment. It's an experiment designed to find meaning. Meaning through pleasure. El maestro quiere descubrir en un experimento lo que es el significado bajo un experimento con el placer. Listen to what it says. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Me dije entonces, vamos, pues haré la prueba con los placeres, me daré la gran vida. Pero aún eso resultó un absurdo. So, he dives into all kinds of things. In verses 2, he talks about laughter and madness and and parties with wine, having fun. Habla de, de que goza de la risa, el vino. And then in verse 4, he says, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and, and parks. Realicé grandes obras. Me construí casas. Me planté viñedos. Cultivé propios, mis propios huertos y jardines. And then down in verse 8, he says, I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasures of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. Amontoné oro y plata, tesoro de reyes, me hice cantores y cantoras, disfruté de los deleites de los hombres, formé mi propio harén. It's in this part that we see the, the, the connection with Solomon, right? Because this is stuff that Solomon did. 
Solomon had all kinds of wealth and he had all kinds of construction projects and he had all kinds of women, hundreds of wives and concubines, the, the word of God tells us. Salomon tenía todo esto. And so he's diving into pleasure, wine, women, wealth, work, all of it. El vino, las mujeres, las riquezas, el trabajo. And what does he discover? Verse 10, versículo 10. I denied myself nothing. My eyes desired. No le negué a mis ojos ningún deseo. And then verse 11, he says, Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Consideré luego mis obras y el trabajo que habría costado realizarlas y vi que todo era un absurdo, un correr tras el viento. It's a chasing after the wind. The phrase in Hebrew is reut ruach. It's kind of a play on words. Es un correr tras el viento. It's trying to grasp the wind and to hold on to it forever. Es como correr tras el viento para siempre. The word ruach here does not just mean wind or breath. It means spirit. Quiere decir espíritu. What is the teacher looking for? He's looking for the spirit that will never leave him. He's looking for a spirit that will last, a spirit that will give him meaning. He's looking for the spirit of life, for eternal life, and he cannot get it. Está buscando el espíritu del significado y de la vida eterno. It's like trying to grab the air. You can't do it. And then in chapter 2, verses 22 and 23, he goes on and he says this. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? Pues que gana el hombre con todos sus esfuerzos y tanto preocuparse y afanarse bajo el sol. What do you get for throwing everything at this life? He says all their days, their work is grief and pain. And this too is meaningless. Todos sus días están plagados de sufrimientos y tareas frustrantes y también esto es absurdo. What do you get when you spend all your life and breath on this life? There's another teacher out there who asked that same question. Hay un maestro que también hizo esta pregunta. ¿Qué ganas? Con tanto afanarse bajo el sol. This teacher was the greatest teacher, the greatest king. This teacher was more than a teacher. Era más que un maestro. I'm talking about Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, verse 25, Jesus asks the same question in just a slightly different form. Lucas 9:25. here's what he says. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their soul? ¿De qué sirve a uno ganar el mundo entero si se pierde o se destruye a sí mismo? The answer is you're going to gain nothing. If you invest your life and your breath trying to find lasting, enduring meaning under the sun, you're going to come up empty. 
vas a salir con nada si te afanas buscando significado bajo el sol. That's because everything here is temporary. And there is absolutely nothing you can grasp onto in this life under the sun that will sustain your life beyond a half billion breaths or so. That's it. No hay nada que te sostenga la vida más de medio mil millón de respiraciones. And then you let go of that last breath. And that's it. We all die. We don't want to think about it or talk about it, but it's the truth. Todos morimos. So as I said, there's not much hope here, right? So where can we find meaning? There's something in us that wants that. ¿Dónde encontrar el significado? In Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24, there is just what I would see as a glimmer of hope. Hay un pequeño rayo de esperanza en versículo 24 del capítulo 2. It's just a glimmer of hope that comes shining through. And we're going to find this in Ecclesiastes, that there's a lot of darkness, but then we're going to be looking for the glimmers of hope along the way. And here's what it says. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too I see is from the hand of God. Nada hay mejor para el hombre que comer y beber y llegar a disfrutar de sus afanes. He visto que también esto proviene de Dios. For without him, without God, who can eat or find enjoyment? ¿Quién puede comer y alegrarse si no es por Dios? It is impossible to find any lasting meaning or satisfaction or hope in life under the sun unless we recognize that we need something from the hand of God. We need Him. Tenemos necesidad de la mano de Dios. Look with me in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, James chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, or rather 16 through 18. Santiago 1, 16 al 18. James says this, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. No se engañen, toda buena dádiva y todo don perfecto descienden de lo alto donde está el Padre que creó las lumbreras celestes y que no cambia como los astros ni se mueve como las sombras. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of heavenly lights. In other words, if we are to find meaning under the sun, it somehow has to come from beyond the sun. It has to come from the Father of the heavenly lights. Not that ball of fire in the air uh, 93 million miles away, but from the Father of the heavenly lights. Todo lo que tenga significado tiene que venir más allá del sol, del Padre de las lumbreras celestes. And James says something interesting. He says, he, this father of the heavenly lights, chose to give us birth through the word of truth 
that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Por su propia voluntad nos hizo nacer mediante la palabra de verdad para que fuéramos como las prim los primeros y mejores frutos de su creación. This father of the heavenly lights has given us a word of truth, a message of good news that has come into our world from beyond the sun And this message is that meaning and life and hope and everything we're looking for is not found under the sun, S-U-N, but under the sun, S-O-N. It's under Jesus Christ. El significado se encuentra no bajo el sol, sino bajo el Hijo. And this word of truth says that we can be born again and be like new creations. Podemos nacer de nuevo y ser nuevas creaciones. Jesus, the perfect gift from the Father's hand, the perfect Son of God, came from beyond the Son to live under the Son with you and me and to walk on this earth. And then he gave up his last breath on the cross, the most meaningful life ever lived. He did it to pay for our sins. Jesús caminó bajo el sol y dio su último aliento en la cruz por nosotros. But then he rose again from the dead. He rose up from the dead in order to breathe on us new life, to breathe on us his life-giving Holy Spirit that we might follow him. Like it says, that we might be the first of many to follow. We might live again. Nos ha, ha, ha resucitado Jesús para respirar sobre nosotros su Espíritu Santo. This is the good news, that Jesus Christ has come from beyond the sun to take us beyond the sun. That's good news. And that is worth applause, right? Martín said, let it loose. That's right. 1 Corinthians 15. This is such an incredible passage. If you ever want to trip out on the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 17. 1 Corinthians 15, 17. It says, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. It's meaningless. Si Cristo no ha resucitado, la fe de ustedes es ilusoria, absurda. And it goes on to say, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people to be pitied. Si solo en esta vida esperamos en Cristo, somos los más desdichados. But here's the truth. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. He's the first of many to follow of people who will breathe again in the Father's presence. Cristo ha resucitado los, las primicias de la resurrección. And then in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, a few verses down It, it makes the distinction. It says the first Adam became a living being. That's Adam. Adam became a living being and then he became a dying being. He took his first breath and then he took his last breath. El primer Adán se hizo un ser viviente y luego murió. But the second Adam, that's Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. He's given us new life, new breath. El segundo Adán, Jesús, se ha hecho un espíritu que... Here's the bottom line that we need to understand. The search for meaning under the sun will literally leave you and me out of breath. Buscando el significado bajo el sol nos deja sin aliento. But everlasting life, 
everlasting meaning are found under the Son, Jesus Christ. And there is a chasing after wind that matters. Claro que sí hay un correr tras el viento que importa. It is the chasing after the Holy Spirit. It is a chasing after life with Christ. Es el buscar el Espíritu Santo y la vida con Cristo. That's what matters. And as we go forward here in, in Ecclesiastes, we, we're going to see this. We're going to see a lot of the horizontal. We're going to be talking about the horizontal, but we're going to have to start looking for the vertical to come in. There will be spots where the vertical shines through, and it won't necessarily be in Ecclesiastes. It's going to point us out there to what we need. Vamos a estar buscando en lo horizontal esos momentos de lo vertical. But this morning, I want to kind of bring it down to this, and I want to ask you to evaluate and to think about this question. What are you chasing after in your life? ¿Qué estás buscando en tu vida? It's a question for me, too. We're all chasing after something. Estamos buscando algo. What are you chasing after? You chasing after a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Están buscando una olla de oro al término del arco iris? Maybe you're chasing after that perfect relationship with that perfect person. And you're going through the, the, the steps. Nope, that one wasn't it. Let's try this one. A lo mejor estás buscando una relación perfecta con la persona perfecta or, or maybe you're looking for that perfect promotion to that perfect job that ideal career or a lo mejor buscas una carrera ideal or, or maybe you're, you're hoping for that perfect scholarship to that perfect school that will set you up in your perfect path and you're going to be on your way a lo mejor buscas la, la beca perfecta la escuela perfecta what are you chasing after? What am I chasing after? Here's the thing. Even if you get it, even if you find it, it won't be enough. Aun si lo logras, no te va a sostener. Won't be enough. Jesus invites us to find meaning in his body and in his blood. Jesús nos invita a encontrar el significado en su cuerpo y en su sangre. And that's where he invites us here to this table. This table is full of meaning. Esta mesa tiene mucho sentido because it is pointing us beyond this life. It points us to Jesus who gave his body and blood for us. And here's the shift, the hard shift that this table challenges us to make. Este es el cambio que nos reta esta mesa. It's to let go of what we're chasing, our sin, pride, selfishness. Let that go es soltar el egoísmo, el orgullo, el pecado and to grasp after Jesus his life-giving spirit es agarrar a Jesús receive 
the death of Jesus and die to all the empty pursuits of life. Reciban la muerte de Jesús para morir a las búsquedas vacías de la vida. And then receive the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his life-giving spirit. And you will be on your way to chase after a meaningful life. Reciban de Jesús y su Espíritu Santo para buscar una vida con sentido. That's the invitation. Will you take that? If so, I invite you to pray with me. Oremos. It's hard, Heavenly Father, to come face to face with our mortality, even as we've been talking here, we've all expended a few thousand breaths or a few hundred, I don't even know how many, but we have just that fewer breaths to breathe before the inevitable. Aún en este tiempo tenemos menos respiraciones que nos quedan que antes. And it pays for us to evaluate what is worth living for. ¿Qué vale la pena seguir? ¿Para qué tiene valor la vida? Jesus, we want to grab onto you. Lord, I pray that this may be a moment for us to, to let loose our grip on things that cannot sustain us and to trust in you. Que podamos soltar a lo que no nos puede sostener para siempre para confiar en ti. That we would be in your grip. We thank you, Jesus, for dying and rising again from the dead. We thank you that you know what life under the sun is like. And you know our pain and you know our frustration. You know our hopelessness at times, our sadness. Come by your Holy Spirit and feed us in this time. Ven Espíritu Santo de Jesús y alimentanos en este tiempo. We give this time to you and we thank you for this gift, the gift of yourself. Gracias por el regalo de ti mismo, Señor Jesús. It's in your name we pray. En tu nombre oramos. Amén. I want to remind us of what Jesus shared with us and his disciples the same night that he was betrayed in that upper room. He was with his disciples and he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he, he broke that bread and he gave it to them. And he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. La noche en que fue entregado el Señor Jesús tomó el pan y partiéndolo se lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo Tomad, comed. Este es mi cuerpo partido por vosotros. Haced esto en memoria de mí. And then after they had eaten he also took the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant, the new 
Testament made in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Tomó también la copa diciendo, esta copa es el nuevo pacto. Hecho mi sangre por vosotros. Cada vez que tomad de ella, haced esto en memoria de mí. I want to invite our serving elders to come up right now. And as they are coming forward, I want to be very clear about the invitation to come to this table. This table is for all for whom it is reserved. And it is reserved not for perfect people, as Greg says, but it is reserved for people who are committed. Este, esta mesa es para los que tienen un compromiso con el Señor Jesús. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in a commitment with Him. And you are determined to let go of an old life and to live a new life, however imperfectly you may do that, if that's the direction you're going, then this table has been provided for you. Si estás comprometido con el Señor y estás determinado a dejar una vieja vida y seguir una nueva, esta mesa es para ustedes. If you're on the fence or you're still checking this out or you're still not quite sure or you still have some doubts and you're not there yet, it is okay not to come and to use this time to maybe clarify that with God. Say, God, where do I need to be? Where am I? What am I chasing after? Si no estás comprometido, está bien. A lo mejor es un tiempo de observación y meditación. We include you in this meal by encouraging you to reflect and to, to pray and to really experience God's voice in your life. So I'm going to, in just a moment, give the elements to our elders here and invite you, as you are led, to come forward, receive the bread and the cup, and go back to your seat and wait until all have been served. And then we'll, we'll partake together. En un momento pueden pasar a recibir el pan y la copa. Después vuelvan a sus sillones para esperar a que todos hayan sido servidos y después vamos a comer juntos.